In the New Testament letter of 1 Corinthians, in the 15th chapter, Jesus' apostle Paul is inspired to give us a sweeping explanation and some of our most thorough teaching in all of Scripture on the nature of the resurrection, on how Jesus himself rose from the dead as a critical part of the proclamation of the gospel the way Paul and the other apostles would have preached it, but also of what that hope that not only did Jesus rise, but one day all of us who belong to Jesus will rise too when he comes again. Just how essential that really is. Yet it's not essential just because it's the right facts, so we really should talk about things the right way. It's essential because when that hope is real for us, when we really understand just what it is Jesus is doing now as he reigns in heaven, just what it is Jesus is coming to do when he comes again and defeats his enemies and raises the dead and changes us all so that we can be with God forever, it puts our lives right now in different perspective. Because at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, Paul sums it up by saying, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That hope of resurrection, that hope that our lives, that our relationships, our identities don't end with our deaths, but that all of it matters. That all the ways we live as people who belong to Jesus now, that all the ways we live as people under the kingdom reign of Christ, wanting that reign to come more and more on earth as it is in heaven, when that's how we live each day, then we can have confidence that none of it's wasted. No sacrifice we make is wasted. We'll never regret a decision to put something Jesus wants done first, to put into practice something Jesus teaches. We'll never regret spending our time and our energy and our treasure and our talents in things that help us become more like Jesus because that's where all of this is headed. And it's worth it. None of it will be empty. Now, sometimes living that Christian life now is just absolutely joy-filled. We have just such a great peace. We see so clearly how much better, how much more abundant living for Jesus is. But the reality is, it doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes we do things in obedience to Jesus, seeking to follow, seeking to grow, and it actually hurts right now. We can be trying to follow him and come up against persecution or have to deal with conflict. We're faced with discouragement and disappointment. We try so hard to do the right thing and wonder if we're ever going to have anything to show for it. For every step forward we take, we feel like the world pushes us two steps back. And that's part of why Paul's summation of that hope that we have of the resurrection is to call us to being steadfast, immovable, always abounding, because the work we do for the Lord, we don't just do when people love it. 
when communities embrace it, when visitors are attracted to it. We serve the Lord even when it's difficult, even when it hurts. And we see that when the Apostle Paul revisits his teaching on the resurrection in his second letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 4, beginning with verse 7, where in a much different situation he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe. And so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we're still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Do you hear how what Paul says here just completely reframes everything? It reframes the persecution that brothers and sisters in other parts of the world face when they're going hungry 
as jobs are ripped away from them because of their faith, when they're beaten, when they're martyred, when they die for their faith in Jesus. Though they suffer intensely, that suffering is not without meaning. That suffering helps life to spread to more and more people as more and more hear the good news about Jesus, as more and more are convicted by their self-sacrificing love and example so that more and more people belong to Jesus and can look forward to being gathered together when he comes again into his presence. And even in contexts like ours, where we don't suffer like that for our faith, where we're very unlikely to be killed for our faith, even when we bear up with just the reality of creation groaning, when old age fills these mortal bodies with aches and pain, whenever disease strikes and it robs us of hope, it fills us with anxiety, it threatens us to feel like we're just going to waste away painfully and be separated from our loved ones, Jesus restores Jesus puts it all in perspective that however much we hurt, however bad it is now, it won't always be like this. It's going to end. And what comes after will be so much better. Not just that he's going to take us to float away somewhere else disconnected from here, but that we're going to be more clothed. That we're going to be swallowed up with life sharing in the very spiritual, heavenly, eternal nature of God himself, able to be in his presence and with each other forever. So if we're alive, we want to do everything we can to be ready for that. When we're battling cancer, we want to be sharing the hope that we have in Jesus with our fellow patients and our care teams. When we're getting older and we're struggling with pain, we want that pain to just fix our eyes heavenward to cause us to just desire even more to be closer. We want to see every day of our lives being walked by faith and not by sight. That we're seeing everything we do as mattering because it will ultimately lead us to living forever with Jesus because that is the hope he's brought us. So oftentimes when people study the end times, when they talk about when Jesus comes, I find that it's decidedly lacking in hope. Yet the reason that Jesus and his apostles talk about these things, the reason that they teach us about our hope for things like rising from the dead is so we can know that it's worth it, is so that we can just hold on knowing because God's Spirit lives in us, we're still going to experience joy even when things are bad. We're still going to experience peace even when there's so much to be afraid of. That we have that Spirit as a guarantee and as we see Jesus helping us now, as we see Jesus changing us now, then we can look ahead with confidence for when Jesus comes and how he'll complete that change and make it one for the better. So don't give up. Keep your priorities straight. Let Jesus change the way you see things and give all you've got to being close to him, to doing what he wants done. Because where he wants to take you is somewhere so much greater than we can begin to imagine but one day we will see it. 
We'll see it together if we don't lose heart.